are Locked On Packers. I feel like we can run the table. We really do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh, every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for The Leap. A newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Lily Zhao on the show today. Thanks for everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen of the day. The Packers have more players on the COVID list and important decisions to make on Jair Alexander. Today is decision day on Jair Alexander. And by the time you listen to this, we may know what the situation is with Jair. The Packers have to either decide to bring him onto the squad to activate him or to shut him down for the rest of the year. Matt LaFleur was noncommittal about it on Monday when he was asked about it. I don't think I have to tell you just how important it is for the Packers to get someone of Jair Alexander's quality back on the field. If and when they can do that, we will talk about that some more. But but just from a housekeeping standpoint, I thought it was most important, frankly. We start there. So we will get that important update about Jair Alexander uh, today. We will talk about it on the show tomorrow. Our crossover Thursday will certainly feature uh, that. We do not expect Jair is going to play this week, but I think um, some some discussions to come about how important regular season reps are. David Bakhtiari, by the way, is back. He is on the team. He's activated, so they don't have to make any more decisions about him. And and my guess would be, my hope would be, but my guess would be after practicing for a couple of weeks, it seems like he's doing okay that they will activate him. Now, whether or not Jair Alexander actually plays, very much a question. Speaking of whether or not someone who is not currently available will play, Mercedes Lewis and Oren Burks added to the COVID list this week. They are much more involved in the team than the players who went on the list yesterday. We could have more players that we see go on the list tomorrow. Importantly, though, the NFL has changed its rules about how quickly guys can come back in keeping with the changes made by the CDC. So this is in in keeping with federal guidelines. Unvaccinated and vaccinated players will both be eligible to come off of the COVID list five days after a positive Test In the case of unvaccinated players, remember, they test every day. So you catch that positive right away. With an unvaccinated player, you're only going to get tested if you have symptoms or you are randomly selected. So that is uh, really the only difference now. That five-day period starts when the swab was taken. So today's Wednesday. It was announced Tuesday. And Monday presumably was when these tests were. That would give them five days, more than enough time to get back. So assuming these guys are asymptomatic and assuming they're healthy enough to get cleared by the doctors, they can play. Anyone after yesterday, basically, 
going to be tough. Going to be tough. Now, because of the way this works, you could get a player who tests positive, is symptomatic, um, and by, let's say, Friday, Saturday, is not and comes in with a positive or a negative test and, and gets cleared to play on game day. This change is important for so many reasons. It's more important for a team like Indianapolis who could get um, Carson Wentz back. It also means something for the Vikings this week with Dalvin Cook. He is currently on the COVID list and is theoretically now eligible to return. What this means moving forward is the impact of potential positives on the Packers from a football standpoint, strictly football. It is less ominous. Oh, at the beginning of the week, if you pop positive Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's just no shot right now. I mean, it's usually seven to 10 days for all these guys to get back vaccinated or not. And it used to be 10 days, even unvaccinated. There's now no difference, essentially, between a vaccinated and an unvaccinated player once they test positive. Now, again, because of the way this works, you could test positive after you would have if you were an unvaccinated player. And and we don't need to get into like the daily machinations of all of that. It, It means that even though Mercedes Lewis hits the COVID list, he can come back. It means that even though Oren Burks hits the COVID list, he can come back. And these this would have been two players, by the way, who in other circumstances probably would not have been back. If this happens a week ago, they probably could not have come back. And you lose the best blocking tight end that this team has by far, one of the best in the league, if not the best. And you have a core special teamer, one of your best cover guys in special teams, and a linebacker in a room that is pretty limited. Oren Burks plays inside. He plays outside. He's been cross-trained. He can rush the passer a little bit. Even if it's not something he's great at, he's got some juice. He's got some explosiveness. You could scheme up some looks for him. Not having him would have been a big deal. It seems like, based on our understandings of everything that's going on right now, they will be eligible to come back. That is a big deal. Kenny Clark who is back already, he does not have to be tested again until forever, no, until after the Super Bowl. Devontae Adams, for him, it's the divisional round of the playoffs. For Aaron Rodgers, it's right before the Super Bowl. These guys are pillars of this team. They are crucial to this team's ability to win the Super Bowl. And I I wish just as much as you do that we didn't have to be sitting here talking about the rules around COVID. I wish as much as you do that we didn't have to be talking about COVID at all, that we could just talk about football. But that's not the deal because this materially impacts the play on the field. It materially impacts this team's ability to win a Super Bowl. It's why we've always talked about it. And it's why, look, I've taken criticism for talking about it. And and I have I have done more than just lay out what's happening because I, I think my responsibility goes beyond that. And it's not just a responsibility that I think I have. It is that it's my it's my desire to do that. 
And not everyone agrees with me on that stuff. And that's fine. We're not going to agree on everything. This would be, honestly, this would be a boring show if we agreed on everything. If you listened to me every day and you agreed with every single thing I said, I think you would be bored. I really do. And and I don't program around trying to not do that. I'm, I'm going to give you what I think is the truth such that I can, that I can tell it. These changes, assuming we trust the CDC, based on what we know about what's going on with the virus, really one to two days before you show symptoms, two to three days after you start showing symptoms, that is mostly the window where you are contagious. And the point of these rules is to prevent players from spreading the virus to other people. And if that's the goal, then it seems like, it seems like this makes sense. It seems like this is the right way to go. That if other people can return to work after five days and wear masks, if what it, if what Dr. Alan Sills with the NFL has, is saying is true, that on the field is not where guys are getting it. I think we have pretty good data at this point now, two years into this, that that's the case. The guys are not getting it on the field. They're getting it on the sidelines. They're getting it in meeting rooms. They're mostly getting it away from the facility. And so now we've shortened down this window. And after that five-day window, for the next five days, these guys have to wear N95s everywhere. N95 masks that protect them, that protect everyone around them. These are the heavy duty. These are the real reels. These are what doctors wear. These are what you know the people in the hospitals are wearing, nurses, healthcare professionals. If the goal is, is health and player safety, at least based on what we know, it seems like this is a reasonable way to go. There is a cynical viewpoint in all of this. I get it. There are there are even some there is even some disagreement in the medical community about whether or not this is the right thing to do. I get that. But I also understand the NFL saying, look, we've created a situation where this is this is about as safe as it gets. 94, 95% vaccination rate. We know that that means a little bit less with this new variant. But even, even those people in the NFL who are going to get it now are very unlikely, very, very, very unlikely to have bad outcomes. We're not even going to get into the conversations being had between uh, uh, certain Packer players and other shows where they may or may not be speaking and what is being said out there. I'm, I'm not even going to get into that. The reason I'm bringing it up here is because it, it impacts the Packers on the field. And being able to get Mercedes Lewis back and Oren Burks back this week, important. Could be a different player next week. Could be another important player next week. Could be Aaron Jones next week. It could be uh, Eric Stokes next week or the week after that. It could be Darnell Savage. It could be Adrian Amos. Luckily for the Packers, the players who have had it have not had adverse reactions so far. And that a lot of their key players, Rodgers, Adams, Devondre Campbell, Kenny Clark, have already had it. And they keep winning. Now, they didn't win the one game Rodgers sat, of course. But they did when Adams was out. They did when Kenny Clark was out. They did when Devondre Campbell was out. And so now those guys are, are not, they're not in the clear, but they're in good shape here moving forward. So these rules matter. You hope that they can continue to be safe and you hope that the rules are based on verifiable science, which based on the recommendations that we have seems like is the case.
So again, I wish we didn't have to spend so much time talking about it, but it, it impacts the product that the Packers put out there on the field every single day. And so that's why we talk about it. Today, today's episode, <laughs> today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. One set of my family already got them in their stockings. We've got another set coming through. They're going to get some in their stockings and they're going to like it. How do I know that? Because I've tasted them. This is, this is not just me reading ad copy. I am a believer in Built Bar. I just spent my own hard-earned money on multiple boxes of bars because I like them, because my wife likes them, my family likes them, my dad buys them like crazy. You want to eat healthy, but you don't want to eat boring food. You don't eat bland food. You don't eat blah food. You want something covered in 100% real chocolate, don't you? You want something that has the name salted caramel attached to it or coconut brownie attached to it. That's what you want to eat, especially around the holidays. Now have it be low in calories, low in net carbs, low in sugar, high in protein, high in fiber. Even better, huh? Well, you can do all of that with Built Bar. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off that order. LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Make sure to check out the ultimate college football playoff preview 2021. Local experts, betting advice, and draft analysis. The most comprehensive college football playoff preview is live now. There were once again some tense moments, but the win streak lives on a post-Christmas pre-New Year edition of everyone's favorite segment. Zhao you doing from Fox 6 in Milwaukee. Lily Zhao is with us now. Lily, how you doing? Peter, I'm doing great. I got my, oh, where is it? Christmas tree still up. So I'm doing great. Holiday festivities were great. Uh, Packers win was great. And talking with you is even better. So how you doing? Hell yeah. It, it did feel weird, right? That they played on Christmas. Didn't it feel weird? Yeah, it was weird because I was like, what do we do on Sunday? But also it's Christmas. I mean, the Bucks played two here. So it was a full slate of Wisconsin sports for everybody, but it did feel weird. I, I was a little annoyed that the schedule makers, the powers that be did not separate the two games by enough because the Bucks went to overtime and the Packers started. And so I had to follow separately and I can't do the DVR thing. Can you do that? Are you someone that can like DVR a game and watch it later, even though yeah. you can just pull up your phone and know the outcome? I can't do that. No, like I need to know what happens because I'm like, it ruins it. It's like, you know, you, you know what happens. So what's the point of watching it, in my opinion? But I, I luckily I was at work and I had a TV up and I had my laptop streaming. So I was getting both. So it's the yeah. it's the multi-screen experience that really yes. you need like the TV and the iPad. I'm very jealous of the people that have the multi-TV setups. Oh, the too. like the like sports cave where you have like three TVs. I have a buddy that had legit has three TVs. And she's like, man, that sounds great for like college football Saturday. Oh, three TVs because there's so many there's so much stuff on all the time so the the, the game was also weird um because it, in the first half it was just like okay yeah this they're the Packers are gonna blow this team out and it's gonna be great and then in the second half um they didn't for the second straight week I think we can say this against a quarterback who's probably not very not very good um, if you're, if you're the the Browns right now, would you rather have Baker Mayfield for 140 million or Tyler Huntley for like 
15. Uh, Tyler. <laughs> it doesn't seem like a, a close thing either. Um, what do you, what to, what do you attribute what's going on in the second half of these games? Because we, we saw this in 2019 too. They would control these games and just let the other team get back into it. Yeah. It's, it's just, was their inability to close things out. And, you know, I know, you know, taking your foot off the gas, it's all, it's all very cliche, which is what Rogers has talked about. Yeah, it's cliche, but at the end of the day, we didn't do it. You know, we, uh, you know, we didn't step on their throats. We didn't go for it. And it was just kind of surprising to see only a field goal put up in the second half. I mean, this is an offense that can thoroughly take out another team, but they just haven't found that ability to blow teams out or to just put these teams away when they need to. And it, it's a little concerning this far in the season, because again, it's, you have two regular season games left and then it's the playoffs. It's, you have to show the ability to close these games out, especially against an opponent that you should have probably beaten by a lot more than they did. Um, and you know, it, it's, it's something that I know they can get righted, but I think it needs to start on Sunday against the Vikings. It's, can you show that you can blow out or at least beat a good team in a comfortable with a comfortable margin? Because, you know, the last thing we want to see is, you know, they've consistently had very slow starts in the first quarter offensively, whether or not that's because Rogers hasn't practiced consistently because of that pinky toe. I mean, that's probably going to play, play a big part in it, but you know, they start out slow and then you have to kind of be fortunate that they're not going to be down by a big margin in the second quarter, which is kind of where they pick up steam. And then, you know, they found ways to win in the second half, but against the Browns and Ravens, it was, you know, kind of the same story. They had a comfortable lead and it whittles down. So that can't happen moving forward, but it's definitely an Achilles heel to this team so far. Yeah. And, and it does feel like we're quibbling a little bit, right? Like Achilles heel may even be too strong a phrase because they won these games. You know, so yeah. it, it's it. But I was it was juxtaposed to me when I watched Dallas on Sunday. They're scoring touchdowns with backups. And now, now I get it. The Browns are better than Washington. Washington is a complete disaster. But we've seen the Eagles blow out teams. You know, these teams that we don't think of as good. The, the Texans blew out the Chargers like what the, for the Packers to not be able to do it in some of these games. It starts to feel a little bit concerning, I think, is is like the best way that I could phrase it, because Dallas, that team can score in bunches and play defense. Tampa, if they get, you know, Mike Evans back from from COVID and Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski, like they're going to be able to score and they can play defense. This Packers team, it feels like they haven't, you know, we have talked about this on the show a bunch, right? They haven't played that complete game yet. The games when the defense has been really good, the offense has been herky-jerky. The games where the offense has been really good, the defense can't get stops. I don't know. We're running out of weeks here for them to actually put all those things together. I know, and that's that's kind of what I, I think needs to happen on Sunday. It's can they be consistent? That's been the biggest issue. It's yeah. You just alluded to it there. It's you know one side of the football is doing well and the other one is not. And then the one week that one is, the other one's not. So it's what can these guys do to put together a complete game? Because like you mentioned, it's they're going to be facing the cream of the crop in the playoffs. And, you know, if you're starting out slow in the first quarter offensively and Dallas is putting up, you know, two touchdowns, it's now you're in a big hole and same with Tampa Bay. It's you want to be able to find that consistency on both sides. But, you know, I think it's going to be another big challenge though for them against the Vikings. It's, you know, they've shown that they're very vulnerable in the run game defensively. It's can Dalvin cook come back. I think it's, pretty good sign he could come back on Sunday night and then Justin Jefferson really killed him that first time in week 11 so it's and you know 
those guys are good weapons, but then when you look at the teams in the playoffs, they have better weapons. So if you can't even stop these guys Sunday night primetime at home, it could be a little concerning. But again, it's, you know, they're still winning these games. They're still 12 and three. They still have the best record. So I guess we're being nitpicky on my end, I would say. No, we are. No, no. I am. I am. I have been plenty nitpicky. So <laughs> do, do not take all of that burden. I will take plenty of it uh, because the, what we're talking about is Super Bowl level, right? Because this is a team that's been close. We have to be nitpicky, I think, because the difference between a Super Bowl team and an NFC Championship game team is, you know, it's it's infinitesimal. These are these are these little margins that can make the difference. They started out slow against Tampa Bay. They started out slow against the 49ers. And those were teams that actually played well in the first quarter. I also do wonder about just getting someone like Jair Alexander back. What kind of emotional lift that that could provide? Could it be just these, this this season is the longest season any of these guys have ever played. COVID is back in a big way. How, how much do you think someone like Jerry Alexander could come in and, and just give them that little shot of adrenaline maybe that they need to, to maybe start a little faster, having that the fresh legs in there, something like that? Yeah, exactly. I think that'll be a really big key. It's, you know, he's got, you know, great speed. He can cover really well. I think it's, if you take away, when you're looking at this Packers defense, right, they've been gashed on the ground and they've been gashed in big plays. If Jair comes in and, and takes away the ability to hit them deep and to beat them high, you know, and down the field, you know, maybe that's like, okay, now we have to focus on the run game and run the ball really well. I and mean, then maybe they can, you know, toughen up up there. So I think when you have him back, that gives the defense another weapon to kind of take away one of the things that might be able to hurt them in the playoffs or, or even that down the stretch. But when you look at even Tampa last year, when they made their Super Bowl run, it's like they got hot at the towards the end of the season and just really ran rough shot through everybody. I think the Packers have that ability as well when they can get these guys back and healthy. And then if they can actually put together a complete game, whether it's against the Vikings or the Lions, which they should win handily, um, maybe that just gives them the spark with these guys coming back that can take them and just give them that big boost, especially if they're playing in Lambeau Field. You know, when you're playing with those home those home fans, you know, I think just having all of that kind of together should give this team a good shot. This has been a question that has been raised a lot over the last few weeks as it has become clear that Green Bay is going to be in in position on Sunday to uh, at least keep pace with this number one seed. If the Cardinals earlier in the day beat the Cowboys, the Packers could clinch the number one seed with a win over the Vikings. And there are scenarios where they can kick Minnesota out of the playoffs altogether, which would just be another cherry on top. If let's say that happens, let's say Arizona does beat Dallas and Green Bay does beat Minnesota, then they have a, a decision to make on how much rest is too much rest. Do you have a take on how much rest is too much rest? Would you be concerned if they rested their guys in week 18? I feel like with these guys, it's they have this competitive fire knowing that, yes, we have one extra game to play this year. We want to play. But then, you know, I think it's Matt LaFleur weighing the risk of, yeah, we want these guys to still get some game reps, but we don't want to risk them getting hurt, right? So I, I do believe if that happens, if they can clinch the top seed, it's maybe they play a couple of reps, a couple of series, and then just let Jordan Love and company take over and go from there. You know, the last thing you want to do is, you know, we all talk about it. The last thing you want to do is have somebody important go down in a quote-unquote meaningless game in the regular season. So, you know, I, I do feel like even though they're not going to play a majority of the game, if all those best case scenarios happen. I do still think that we're going to see Aaron Rodgers and Devontae and those guys out there for a couple of series. 
I'm I'm fascinated to see uh, what that that looks like because my my guess is Aaron Rodgers is gonna is gonna advocate that he doesn't need the work. He hasn't practiced in two months, Lily, and it it hasn't seemed to affect him. But Matt Lafleur might say, "Now nah, we think you should get some work out there." So I'm I'm interested to see how that plays out. Now, now that's a long way. Let's not put the cart before the horse. They have to go beat a very game Vikings team, a team that would love to knock the Packers down a peg. Um, in in this matchup, uh, if if Jair Alexander can be back, would you expect them to have him match up, especially with Adam Thielen dealing with an injury? Would you have him expect him to match up with with Justin Jefferson, say more than than we've seen the Packers do so far without Jair out there? I would hope so. But then you have to say, you know, he's been out for a while. It's, you know, it's probably going to take him a little bit to adjust, not saying it's going to take him a whole half or, you know, whatnot, but you kind of have to see where his body's at. But I do believe that when you're, when you have Jair in, it's like, why be tentative with him? Obviously you want to make sure he's hundred percent to go health wise is why he's going to be out there. Um, but if you're going to have him out there, you might as well put him on the best guy. And that's Justin Jefferson. So I, I do believe that we'll see that happen. If that's the case again, Eric Stokes, you know, he can hold his own and, I'm sure he's, he had his bumps and bruises in that first matchup. So, you know, I'm sure he'd love another crack at it as well. But I do believe if you have Jair out there, Pro Bowler, you're going to put him on a guy like Justin Jefferson. I would love to see it. It would, it would be a big ask though, right? To come back. You haven't played in, in what, 12, 15 weeks. And, and now it's go cover the best receiver in the league that isn't currently on your team. Yeah, that's a tough task, but I, I think it's, you know, one of those guys really thriving, right? It's, you know, I'm coming back. I'm needed on this defense and I'm going to prove why I'm one of the best. So one of the things uh, Aaron Rodgers said among many in his interview Mm -hmm. with Pat McAfee this week was that Matt LaFleur has not gotten enough credit this year and is not being talked enough about as a, a coach of the year candidate. Now I I don't think betting odds are everything, but Matt LaFleur is now the favorite to be coach of the year. I still kind of think they're right. That that he hasn't been talked enough about, and and the irony is, it's probably because he has Aaron Rodgers. But are you still in agreement with me that because we talked about this a couple of weeks ago that no one is really talking about Matt Lafleur for Coach of the Year? Now he's the favorite, and I still feel like no one's really talking about Matt Lafleur. Yeah, I, I do feel that too. It's when you looked at those earlier graphics when people are talking about, all right, it's kind of midseason Coach of the Year. Let's get let's talk about it. I mean, his name was never even mentioned, and now that it is in conversation, I'm still like, but I don't think that he's in the conversation, even though people are saying he's the favorite now. It's it's a very weird thing, but I do believe that like he's definitely not getting as much recognition as he needs. I know he doesn't really care, but in the grand scheme of things, with what he's been able to do with this team and the caliber of guys that have been out and the record that they have and the consistency that he's really held this team at every single year since he's been in Green Bay, he should 100% be the, the leading candidate for coach of the year. Um, it's just a very weird thing, though, because you're you're thinking, okay, he has Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't need to be in the conversation. They'll be fine every year. But again, you know, you have to have a relationship with a quarterback like Rodgers, Hall of Fame guy, and then you still have to win these games, and he's been able to do it. But like you mentioned, it's he's, he's the foot, the favorite right now, but it's like, is he like, I still don't hear enough about him. It's very odd. We're, we're like almost reaching the point where now people like to throw out candidates just to be contrarians. Yeah. Just like, Hey, you know, who should be talked about more. And it's like, no, no. Can we talk about the person who deserves it the most? Let's do that first. Like let's everyone establish. This is the guy we all agree should get it. And then you can throw out your dark horse candidates. Like I saw a couple of weeks ago, John Harbaugh, even though they lost to the Packers, they're like, well, but John Harbaugh, and then they get blown up by the Bengals. And it's like, okay, well, Maybe we should have spent more time talking about the coach who won that game 
I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. Uh, Lily, we talked about uh, some of your, your Christmas traditions last week, mm-hmm. New Year's Eve, fun or lame. You know what? Um, it's probably a controversial t- uh, opinion topic, whatever, but I, I do not care for it. I don't know. It's just like, not controversial. I, yeah. I, it's like, whatever, you know, especially now with COVID and everything, it's like, are people really going to go out and go crazy? You know, it's, I'm like, woohoo, it's the start of a new year, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going crazy about everything. Like, I, I okay. feel like it is, um, it's like Valentine's day, but for yeah. everyone. Mm-hmm. It's just, and I love champagne, by the way, love it. So any excuse to drink champagne and like make a nice meal and stay up late, like that's fine. I guess I don't need to stay up late. Midnight is, is <laughs> I'm, I'm up till midnight most nights. Anyway, that's not a special thing for me. This is, it's just like a Tuesday, but I, I don't get it. I don't, I've never, I never really understood it. I guess when I was younger, I thought it was fun to go out, but even that I would like the idea of new year's is always better than new year's. Yes. 100%. I always have these like built up ideas of what I'm going to do or like, you know, what I'm going to wear. And when it comes to, I'm like, all right, well, this is kind of a letdown. (laughs) I have like some of the the nights where I have had like the worst nights have been new year's Eve. Same. I thought I was the only one. No, terrible. And, and, and luckily some of them were with my, my now wife when we were dating and we would like, we got into fights or like, I, 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 this is true. And I'm maybe revealing too much. I have hitchhiked one time in my life and it was on new year's. Oh my gosh. I'm glad (laughs) you're still with us. I was walking home and I was trying to hail a cab and my hand up in the air to hail a cab turned eventually into a thumb out just for someone to pick me up. And a very nice man picked me up, drove me home. I gave him some money, although he refused to take it. I said, no, no. And I just left it on the seat. And yeah, it's true. Oh my gosh. And that was on New Year's Eve? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's like the epitome of like, you had high expectations and now it's, now that's- And then you wound up hitchhiking home. Yes. Yeah. Not great. Not ideal. Um, let's let's hope uh, the Packer season doesn't take any turn like that. Um, and uh, we will we will get to talk to you next week. Um, we will talk to you in a brand new year. Yeah, that's crazy. This is our last show of twenty twenty one. Oh my goodness, I didn't even think of that. But you're now, right, it is. Yeah, and Peter. Now we're on to twenty twenty two. I'm not ready, but. Yeah. Um, Thanks as always for coming on. Thanks for helping make 2021 the best year of Locked On Packers ever by audience, by everything, and (laughs) um, by appearances by Lily Zhao. So thank you so much, and we will talk to you next year. Can't wait. Thanks, Peter. All right, I want to thank Lily for joining the show. Always great to talk to her. She is an absolute blast. Uh, And if you're not following Lily on Twitter, um, you should go do that at Lily Zhao. If you're not following me on Twitter, you can do that. Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow uh, the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Subscribe on YouTube. Hit the little button down below. Subscribe. Check us out. Get the alerts. We're here every day. Live after the game. We'll be live on YouTube after the game on Sunday night. Back here tomorrow for Crossover Thursday. Happy hour on Friday. Yes, we are doing a happy hour on Friday on New Year's Eve. Uh, We will figure out the timing on that, but we are going to do one because what else are you going to do? Come on, what else are you going to do? This is what you're going to do. 
That's going to be fun. Ready? Okay, great. Uh, and anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked On Packers.